Today I want to talk about one of the most difficult issues of the Christian faith, and that is the issue of compromise. You know, how do I, how do I follow God's word when it creates discord with other people? You know, other ones that are loved ones of mine, people in my family, or maybe people in my, my line of work. How do I maintain a faithful relationship to God and, and to God's Word uh, when it creates problems for me? And when it comes to faith, my faith in Jesus, my faith in God, is compromise ever an option or is truth, the truth of God's will, what should always be primary in our life. Now, we all know the story about the prodigal son. The prodigal son goes away and, and he, you know, he, he demands from the father that, you know, give me what it is that I am entitled to. Give me what it is that I'm going to be, you know, given when you die and you know, I'm out of here. I don't want nothing to do with this anymore. So the father in the prodigal son story does that. He gives the child his inheritance early, uh, knowing full well that he's going to take off and he's going to go and waste it somewhere. And, and that's exactly what he does. So the father obliges the son and gives him his inheritance and lets him go about his way uh, always hoping that uh, the son will have a change of heart. Today I want to talk about that story, but I also want to talk about what God did do and what God didn't do. You know, first of all, we have to realize that in the story of the prodigal son, the father let the son go. He let him go. He didn't resolve the issues for him or the problems that he was having at home or in the family. The father didn't do that. The father, there's no indication that he sacrificed any of his own moral beliefs or ethics uh, as a way to compromise, you know, to make the, the prodigal child happy and, you know, happy enough to stay home. He didn't do that either. It appears that the father stood his ground or he stood on what he believed. He was faithful to his faith, if you will. And it appears that the, the, the father realized that sometimes in life, you got to experience things in order to grow and in order to have what, what, what really is a real change of heart. Now, I was doing some research the other day, and, and one of the psychologists I was looking at, he talked about uh, some parenting types of structures, some parenting uh, models. You know, one of them was, you know, a helicopter parent. You know, that's a term that I remember from my childhood days where, you know, parents would helicopter over the kids and, you know, tell them what they need to do, what they didn't need to do, and, you know, let them learn or let them, you know, benefit from the value of the, of the parent's experience. Well, you know, that's a helicopter parent, always hanging over the kids, telling them what to do and keeping them safe. Well, there's another one, and that's the lawnmower, lawnmower parent. And a lawnmower parent does the same thing, but instead what a lawnmower parent does is mows down any of the obstacles that are in front of the child. The child never 
gets to make a decision on his own and then never gets to handle the problems on his own because mom or dad is there to mow everything down you know in front of him from the story of the prodigal son we see that get, that there is value in failure let me say that again there is value in failure is value in going through the troubles value in learning things the hard way sometimes we need to see here though that in reality the father let him go i mean the father let him go always watching for his return you know never giving up hope and all but the father let him go and i think one of the core reasons that the father let the, the prodigal son go about his way was that he realized that they that many times consequences are the best teacher consequences and experiencing consequences in our life are many times even a better teacher than god himself you know when you fail and then you have to pick yourself up and experience the consequences of maybe a poor decision or something that's that's the kind of stuff that changes your heart that's the kind of stuff that stays with you you know you don't forget those things well we have to understand from this story that God will let us be about our own way. God will let us take off, you know, in a huff and, you know, say, I'm done with you. And, and he's always looking, though, looking to see if we're ready to return, looking to see if we've had a change of heart. Also from this story, I think we see that God or the father did not interfere. He didn't hover over the child or even try to once the child left. The child was gone. Dad stayed home. Dad probably spent a lot of time praying and looking and hoping and, and getting things ready for the day that his prodigal child would return. Sometimes we need to experience desperation in order to have a change inside of our human heart. Another thing that we that we can kind of assume or glean from this story of the prodigal child, the prodigal son, is that he had to have a change of heart in order to return. The father knew that. The father knew that, you know, I could hover over and be a helicopter or a lawnmower parent maybe and, and just mow down all the obstacles, but I might have to compromise you know, something that's ethical or my, my belief or my faith. Uh, the other thing is, you know, in order to have a real change of heart, uh, you got to experience things. And the father was willing to let him do that. But also the father was let him, was willing to let him either experience and have a change of heart or experience hardship and never have a change of heart. The choice was in the, the son's control. It was in the son's hands. The son could go about his way and hopefully have a change of heart. But there's no indication in the story that God would, you know, go after him if after a certain period of time he didn't have a change of heart. Now, we can look at the story of the 99 sheep. You know, remember the remember the time when Jesus was talking to a group of people and and he said, you know, what will you do if one of your sheep 
you know, wanders away accidentally. You know, will you not leave the 99 in safety and go after the one that was lost? Well, this is different when you look at the prodigal son because the sheep in the 99 story that was lost just wandered off. He wasn't trying to get lost. He wasn't trying to get away. He just, he got lost. And the key here, the moral of the story, if you will, is that when someone gets lost, you go find them. You know, we all have that tendency to get lost at times. So show that person the compassion and love and find them. That's what Jesus was saying. But in the prodigal child, you know, he, he, he was lost, if you will, or gone, if you will, be intentionally. He just walked away. I'm done with this. I'm done with you. I'm done with this family. Give me my money, and I'm out of here. That was a lot different. From reading this story, I see where God worked with him and tried and put up with all kinds of hassle and abuse. Probably the rest of the family were against the dad, too. You know, why don't you just work things out? Why don't you compromise? You know, why don't you? But the father was, no, he he gave the son what he asked for, knowing that the son needed to experience um, some hardship in his life. He needed to experience what he thought was great so that he might understand later how good he had it at home or how much he needs the Father. That, that's the key for us, how much we need God the Father. And if he never came to that realization, the son would be lost forever. You know, also we see that the father stayed home. You know, I think the father was probably doing a whole lot of praying during those times where he, every day, you know, he'd look out for the son and see is my prodigal child heading back, you know, do I see anything on the horizon? And, you know, what can I do? Well, I got to let him be because he's going to experience life. He's going to get a dose of reality and, and hopefully he will come to his senses God, please bring him to his senses. I think that was part of what the father did. But the father was willing to let his son um, go. And if that meant that one day he would return home, great. If it meant that one day he wouldn't, it would be a tremendous loss for the father. Tremendous loss for God. But God doesn't want a relationship with somebody that doesn't want a relationship with him. You know, that's, that's part of the, the key to that story is the father loved his son and wanted a relationship with the son, but there were certain things that the son disagreed with. And it's the same with God. There's, you know, God wants a relationship with us, but honestly, there's the certain things that I disagree with God about. But he wants a relationship with me, and you know what? My heart understands that I'm better off with God, even if I don't understand him. Even if I don't agree with everything, I know that in my heart of hearts, the best thing I can do is to have that relationship with God and trust in who he is. So the father was hoping that, you know, this prodigal child would come to that realization. And if he didn't, well, it would be a very sad day. Now, the father we learned from this story was patient and loving uh, and willing to allow suffering. So many times we try and eliminate that from our children's lives, but it's not always the best thing. Sometimes we need to, to be there when they fail, maybe to help them a little bit or to help pick them up. 
um, but not to take the failure away from them because in failure many times we learn valuable valuable life lessons and we don't see the father fixing everything for him and we see the father is is having the best of intentions for the for the son but also understanding that the ultimate choice for whether or not things are going to work out and the son's going to return that ultimate decision rested solely with the prodigal son remember from this story and from this message today that god wants a relationship with each one of us one that is very real one that is that is asked for one that is yearned for one that is that is intentional not something that's just kind of thrown together or or anything that 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 won't withstand the test of time one of the problems we have in this life with living you know in such a i mean we live in the greatest nation that's ever existed the greatest country that's ever existed and we have it pretty easy and because we have it pretty easy sometimes it's difficult and hard to remember how much we need god in our life you know that's part of the reason and in places like asia and europe and and some of the places where christianity is exploding it's because of the hardships that the people are facing and they realize their need for who God is. They need God in their life. So in this series, as we conclude today, my hope and prayer for, you, for all of you is that you'll simply think it through. Think through what you believe in your heart of hearts about your Christian faith. And don't be wishy-washy. Don't be like the waves in an ocean. Don't be like, well, whatever the culture will accept is what I'm going to accept. You got to make choices. You know, if you never make a choice about what your foundation of Christian faith is, then honestly, your faith is going to be wavering all over the place. But if you hold true to what you honestly believe from Scripture about who God is and God's intent, and God's plan and purpose for each one of us, regardless of our response, but what who God is, that's where we find that peace that gets us through all kinds of times of trouble and anxieties. Friends, think about it. Think about what your faith is all about and what it is that you believe in your heart of hearts. All right, and I'll see you next week. Thanks, and God bless. Tough Questions for God is a teaching ministry of the Rosebush United Methodist Church, where we challenge our faith with some of the most difficult issues. Tough Questions for God is available on Facebook Live, Sundays at 11.30 a.m., or go on our website at toughquestionsforgod.org and just follow the links on the homepage for YouTube or via podcast. Thanks for joining, and don't forget to like and share. God bless.